Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. It is good to be back with everybody. We are continuing our conversation about Moses and his life and, and uh, all that revolves around that, all the drama, all the yeah. drama. We thought Job had some drama. He did. So does Moses. Yeah. Drama never ends. Um, so... Last week we talked about Moses and his birth and kind of the time he was born with all of the Israelite boys uh, called to be killed by the Pharaoh because he felt like there was too many of them. <laughs> yeah. So his mom was, uh, you know, trusted in God and trusted what she was going to do. And she decided to put him in a basket and cover it in pitch and, and floated him down the Nile River to give him a chance to survive out of all of them. And he did. He was found by Pharaoh's daughter, of all people. And she raised him as her son. Although mom, being close by, was able to even nurse her own son. Yeah. yeah, how crazy is that? They weren't able to put two and two together. It's fantastic. Sister and mom and the whole family got involved. It was great. Then all we knew was that, that Moses grew up and at some age he... Uh, saw a Hebrew man being treated harshly by an Egyptian, and then he killed the Egyptian for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and we talked about how we make heroes out of people, but yes, he did the wrong thing, but hey, he was a hero to that guy, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you have to go back and listen to that conversation. Yeah. But anyway, when Pharaoh found out about that, Moses fled to Midian and lived out his life and got married and had some kids and tended his father's flock. But wait, there's more. We're going to see what else happens to Moses. And it gets even crazier than that, if you can imagine. So, uh, Matt, why don't you jump into what's happening today? Yeah, it's uh, we're, we're really just getting started with Moses' story. He has a pretty crazy start. But, you know, one day he was out there watching uh, his father-in-law's sheep. And he saw this, the strangest thing. He saw a bush that was on fire, but it wasn't actually burning up. It's kind of hard to even imagine you know, how that works and well that's because it doesn't work that way um <laughs> not in nature it, it sure doesn't that's right and so of course moses you know seeing this thing he had to go check it out but as he got close to the bush god talked to him and he said hey hey moses moses can you imagine i a, bu- a burning bush <laughs> it's not burning up and then it starts talking to you <laughs> and and god's voice of all people yeah how deep and gravelly was that voice yeah and loud. morgan freeman talking to you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just crazy, right? And so, so, so God tells him, "He's like, okay, hold on, this is holy ground. You're gonna, you're about to be walking on." And in Exodus three verses five and six, God tells Moses, "Do not come closer." He said, "Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground." Then he continued, "I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob." And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And so God tells him, "Look." You're talking to God here, right? And remember, this is the story of Moses happens about 400 ish years after the story of Joseph. And so, you know, we don't know what exactly what was going on during all that time, what the Israelites believed, if they still believed in God, especially with everything with being enslaved. But for the burning bush to be talking to him saying, look, hey, this is God. Uh, this is the same God that you've talked about with Isaac and Jacob and Abraham. Um, that must have been crazy. Yeah, because he's hearing the audible voice, according to the Bible. We weren't kidding. Deep, gravelly voice, probably. Yeah. Uh, Moses, Moses, stop. Do not come closer. 
yeah. of course, my, I'm going to have to do some editing and make my voice a lot deeper for that part. <laughs> uh, I might do that. Um, Moses, Moses, stop. Do not come closer. We hear God's voice in so many different ways now, right? Yeah. Uh, through reading his word, through, mm-hmm. you know, thoughts we might have might be right. coming from God, things that he does. But I just can't imagine hearing his voice. Yeah. And, and, and hearing your own name called out. Think about like when I'm in the church or if I'm at work or something and somebody calls out my name, you go immediately, I'm like, oh, hey, who's talking to me, mm-hmm. right? And usually I can figure out who it is. But like you said, to hear that God's voice come now, to audibly hear that, pretty crazy. And, and you know, and so in this conversation, God confirms to Moses, he's like, look, I am God. I'm the God that you guys have talked about. And I've, I've seen the misery that you're going through. I've seen everything you've dealt with in Egypt. And he says, I'm going to step in and I'm going to rescue the Israelites now. I'm going to keep my promise and take you to the promised land. And so just as a quick reminder for uh, for the promised land, God called Abraham out of the land of Haran. He took him and led him to Canaan. And he said, look, look around. Everything you see here, um, all of this land is going to be yours. All the land of Canaan. That's going to belong to your descendants. You're going to be more numerous than the stars in the sky, more numerous than the grains of sand, right? And so when they left Canaan to go to Egypt because of the famine that Joseph dealt with, go check out those episodes as well for more on that story. But Or read the Bible. Or read the Bible, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a better option. Um, but, but, but you can you, listen to us too. Yeah, 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 we talk about the Bible. But when they left, the promise hadn't gone out. They, the land of Canaan was still the promised land. And so God's telling them, look, I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you back to um, and make good on that promise I made to Abraham all those years ago. So how do we know how many years have you worked up the math and how many years? You know, so it's 400 years after Joseph. Mm-hmm. You were talking, you were talking about Abraham, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So how many years between Abraham and Moses do you think? Oh, that's a good question. So Abraham was a hundred years old when he had Isaac. And I want to say Isaac was 30 or 40 when he had Jacob and the same Jacob was a little bit older when he had Joseph. So I'm going to guesstimate we're talking between six and 700 years, okay. probably. So centuries and centuries of time have passed since yeah. God made that initial promise. And when he's coming back around and saying, okay, Moses, we're going to make this thing happen. There's a verse in, um, I believe it's Second Peter, that says to, uh, to the Lord, a day is a thousand years and a thousand years a day. And this is, this kind of feels like one of those moments mm-hmm. um, where he Time as we understand it and perceive it and deal with it is not how God deals with time. His timing is always perfect, but sometimes things take a little longer than we thought they would. Um, yeah. This is definitely one of those where it's you know hundreds of years between when the promise was made and promise is going to be fulfilled. Well, let's put that into perspective, too. How old is the United States of America? Oh, gosh. Uh, 1776. That's what? Right. Two, almost 250 years. Only yeah. 250 years. Yeah. Considering yeah. we're talking 700 year span. Between Abraham and right, Moses. Right. So three times the amount of time since the U.S. has been in existence as a country. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Just crazy. So Moses is understandably a little bit uneasy at this point, right? The weight of those hundreds of years um, sitting on his shoulders. And so Exodus 3.11 says, But Moses asked God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And so, so God and Moses have this back and forth. And they're... They're talking about Moses basically has all of these excuses. Well, I'm not good enough, right? Who am I that I should be doing this? What if they don't believe me? What if they don't trust me? How am I going to prove it to them? Interesting thing that happens here. 
God encourages Moses by telling him to say that the God sent him. And specifically, he says, tell them that I am who I am sent him. Sometimes we also translate this as the great I am sent him. And just a little bit of a sidestep here in Hebrew, the name that God speaks to Moses here, I am who I am. It's the name Yahweh, and it's a very, very um, sacred name, especially in Jewish culture. They spelled it Y-H-W-H. There were no vowels in it. And in fact, they didn't ever say it. Uh, It was such a sacred name that they only wrote it down. And the meaning of it, the meaning behind it, is that God just is. We tend to think of things in past, present, future but God just is. And that's that's what that name means, is that God always has been, he always will be, and he is today. He's the outside of time in that way. And so God tells him, look, I know you're anxious about this. I know this is a big deal, but I got this. I've been overseeing this whole thing. You're good. I'm, I'm going to be with you in that. You would think that would be enough. You, you would think that would be good to go. Not for Moses. He's not quite ready yet. He wants some signs he can perform too. And so God gives him two different signs. Uh, the first one is he has a staff in his hand. So God tells him, hey, throw it on the ground. And Moses didn't turn it into a snake, uh, which I would be like, cool, God, I'm out. Yeah. No more snakes for me. But then he tells him to pick it up. And so he picks it up by the tail and turns back into a staff, which, yeah, I think about that. Like, was that like a rattlesnake or something? Like, <laughs> I mean... If it was, I'm not touching it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like any snakes, but like, I'm just imagining like a big old, big old rattler there with its tails. Like, ah. I saw a rattlesnake the other day. I was in my car. I was still a little creeped out by it. You know, I mean, <laughs> used to kill them all the time and make hat bands, but I don't want to mess with them now. No, no, <laughs> no. Wisdom's a beautiful thing. You can <laughs> learn what to not mess with. Yes. <laughs> so. I, I probably would have been out at that point. Um, but, you know, Moses stuck around. And, and so God gave him a second sign. He said, uh, if you stick your hand inside of your cloak and pull it back out, uh, when you look at it, it'll be... You're going to find a snake. Oh, you're going to yeah, find a snake. A snake. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll, when you pull it back out, it'll have leprosy on it. Uh, I mean, which leprosy, if you're not familiar with it, it's a nasty skin disease. It, it basically, uh, it's like really dry skin. It's, it creates these painful ulcers and sores and stuff at that time it was considered super contagious and um just 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 nasty deal so um i don't think but, it's better than a snake yeah right <laughs> right it it it's probably on level playing field uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe a little worse uh but but just uh just no bueno but then if he stuck his hand back in and pulled it back out it would be healed god gives him these signs but moses still wasn't confident enough and this time he said, well, I'm just not a good enough speaker. Well, so in that, isn't it said that Moses had a stutter or something like that? I think it did. I think I think that is in there that he had some kind of, he, he had to stutter or something. Something yeah. that truly made him not a good speaker. Yeah, yeah the translation I read, he's, he just said he's slow to speak yeah. and not good with words or something like mm-hmm. that. But I thought I read commentary in the past that said um, he had a stutter. And how he how they would find that out, you know, from... But, you know, I don't know. But yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, that's, um, I've definitely heard that before. And I think that's, I, and I think that's, I think that's accurate, right? That he had, he legitimately had something there that was like, I don't know about this. But so, so God tells him, look, number one, I created you. I created the mouth and the tongue. And so whatever, you know, speech impediment you're worried about, I got this. I can help you with that. But he says, 
look, I've given you the signs. I'm going to give you the words. You need to go take care of this. And so finally, Moses says, okay, okay, fine, fine. I'll go. I'll do it. He leaves. uh, He decides to leave his father-in-law's land. And then God sent a man named Aaron to Moses to encourage him and to be the mouthpiece that Moses asked for. And I think the, the order of those events is really interesting that Moses said, nope, nope, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. Finally said, no, I'm not a good enough speaker. I've got a stutter. I've got something that slows, you know, whatever that is is slowing me down. And God convinces him. And then he says, okay, Aaron, now you can go talk to him. Mm. It's after Moses agreed to it. Just, it's interesting. It is interesting because Moses kind of came up with excuse after excuse. Mm -hmm. And when you think back to Zechariah, right? All, all he had to say was, how would I, how will I, what did he say? How will I know that what you're saying is true? Yeah. When yeah. the angel said, you're going to have a child yeah. in his old age. And he, and he sealed up his lips. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't talk until the baby was born. Yeah. Moses gives three, four excuses why mm-hmm. he can't do this. And God's like, fine, I'll send you a helper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but not until he said, okay, fine, fine. I'll go do it. And then God said, okay, right. here you go. I'll, I'll help you out now that you've agreed. Now that you trust me, I'll help you out, which I think, I think that happens to us too. Like there's, we, we, we get in the situation. You're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on here. Not sure how to handle this. And it's, you know, we try to take control of the situation and it's not until we're like, okay, God, fine, fine. I'll do it your way. It's like, okay, here's the answer. No, here's what you need. (laughs) We, yeah, we try to control it and it's just beating our head up against a brick wall. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. But then we give it to God and everything turns out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll trust you. Okay. Here you go. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's all I was waiting for. Yeah. That's all I was waiting for. And I think, I think that's what was going on here with, uh, with Moses and Aaron. That's, um, he was just waiting for Moses to say, okay, fine, I'll do it. And so they went together. Um, they went to the Israelites, performed the signs, gave them the message of who sent them. And the people believed they were, they were all in at this point. And he went to the Isra- the slaves, right? The Israelite yes. slaves. Yeah, yeah. He went to the Israelite. Yes, yeah. He was with the Israelite slaves when he did that. So then we have the bigger task. The 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 big elephant in the room is now he's got to go talk to Pharaoh because God told him, look, you're going to rescue my people. You're going to get them out of here. But to do that, you've got to go talk to Pharaoh um, and call on him to let the Israelites go. So he did. He said, hey, Pharaoh, I need you to let me take the Israelites um, out to the wilderness um, to have a festival for three days to sacrifice to God. Pharaoh said, no, uh, not going to happen. He doesn't believe in God. He shouldn't have to do what God says because he doesn't worship that God. So Moses warned him, said, look, hard times are coming. You're going to deal with plagues. It's going to be a rough stretch if you don't do this. But Pharaoh ignored him. He wasn't worried about that. And in fact, his response was he made life more difficult for the Israelites. Right. And I find it interesting that Pharaoh was after him when he left because he killed the Egyptian, came back after killing the Egyptian. Mm -hmm. Pharaoh didn't do anything to him for Mm -hmm. that. So I wonder if he actually remembered who he was. Mm, I don't know. And maybe this is just some guy that, because he's aged, right? He's married now. He's, He's got kids. He's... Yeah. Lived a long life there. Yeah. I want to say that at this point in the story, he's like in his 70s. Okay. Like he, he's an older fella. Yeah. Yeah. So I bet he didn't even know he was. Now he's got this old man telling him, <laughs> do what I say or you're going to regret it. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's not worried about it, right? <laughs> like, why Why would Pharaoh be worried about it? Yeah, so, he's sitting on top of the world. He's Pharaoh. Yeah, he's Pharaoh. And, and so he, he makes life more difficult for the Israelites. So what, what the Israelites were doing is they were making bricks to build these big cities, right? We talked about, I think, Python and Ramses last week were, were two of the cities that we think were built um, by the Israelites. Um, they, but they were making bricks for these cities, and he... Typically, I, from kind of context clues, the Egyptians were providing straw, and then the Israelites would take the straw and mud and actually make the make the physical bricks. Well, Pharaoh's perspective was, well, if you've got all this time to think about making sacrifices and stuff, you don't have enough to do. And so he said, you can go pick your own straw. You can bring it back. But don't worry, your quota of bricks has not changed. You still need to hit your, hit your numbers, which was going to be an impossible task. And so the Israelites, in response to that, were not happy with Moses and Aaron. Um, they were all good with them with the signs and wonders, but when push came to shove and life got hard again, they said, uh, we're, I'm not so sure about you guys. So that definitely uh, backfired just a little bit. Well, they were they were visibly angry, and didn't they you know, scream and yell at him and tell him to stop, get out, you're, you're just making things harder on us? Uh, yeah. Leave this place. Uh, they didn't want. They didn't want either of those guys around. Right. Yeah. I, I. We do that all the time, don't we? It's a. <laughs> it's a complete one eighty when we're not getting what we want. Right. But when God is providing for us, mm-hmm. or when things aren't as hard as they could be, yeah, we're like, things are good. It, it is what it is. I'm gonna make good of it. Yeah. But then when it gets harder, mm-hmm. like, no, we don't want your God anymore. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. No, get out of here. We don't want that. You know, we, we just went through the story of Job. That reminds me of Job's response when mm-hmm. his wife was telling him, um, hey, you need to forget about this God guy. He's he he's not. And Job says, hey, you can't just worship God when it's good. you got to take the good and the bad, right? We're blessed either way. And so not how the Israelites saw it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> So in response, Moses and Aaron are you know basically exiled by the Israelites, um, but they go back before Pharaoh, and they make the same declaration. They say, "Look, you've got to let the Israelites go. God's going to make your life difficult if you don't." And so this time, Pharaoh tells them, "Look, you perform some signs for me. Prove it. Prove that you came from God." And so Moses performed the signs. Uh, right? He threw his staff on the ground and turned into a snake. He stuck his hand in his cloak and it turned into leprosy. But Pharaoh was like, okay, fine, fine. I'll call in my, my magicians, my, my cult practicers. And they were able to come in and do the same things. And so Pharaoh's like, well, what's so great about your God? They were able to do the same thing. And I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. I've always kind of wondered about that. You know, God gave Moses these specific signs and said, look, this is how you're going to be. You know, this is going to be what you use to convince the people. But when it came to Pharaoh, it wasn't enough. And even you know, other people were even able to perform those same signs. Now, was God involved in that? You know, was God, did God allow them to perform those signs so that Pharaoh's heart would be hardened so that he wouldn't believe and the plagues would come? Uh, you know, was this some demon stuff going on? I don't know. It's kind of interesting to think about. Well, it does say in there that after he performed those, that his heart was hardened, right? Yeah. And yeah. it does, I think in the, if I'm not mistaken, throughout the Bible, it usually says, that somebody's heart was hardened mm-hmm. around something that God did. Yeah. Right. So, but I've often wondered about that too. Is it witchcraft, wizardry, all you know, whatever stuff that even is around today, that's demonic stuff. They could have been practicing that if they don't mm-hmm. believe in God. I mean, you know, um, what is, if you're, if you're not on God's side, you're against him. Right. And, <laughs> right. and you've got to, right. 
ultimately we choose one side or the other. Mm-hmm. We choose to live the world's way, which Satan is prowling like a lion, right? right? Or we choose to live for God. Right. And the world, even though we're trying to choose to live for God, the world still does a really good job of pulling us back. That's right. So, as it is, it's extremely, and I hate saying this, but it is difficult to live for God with mm-hmm. the way the world is. Mm-hmm. And that's why we do what we do, right? To yeah. help people understand how important it is. <laughs> yeah. Because, Absolutely. No, go ahead. Because there are things, you know, and, and this is the hard part of that conversation, is that there are things that happen around us that don't have an explanation according to the world. Like, oh, well, it's just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. It was just an accident. It just so happened. And I know you and I, we don't believe in coincidences, right? Like, like things, yes, sometimes things fall into place that shouldn't have. And, and, and I get that, but there's always somebody behind it. Right. And that's, and that's kind of the, that's the struggle. Like you, you look at, you look at Pharaoh here and his response, like, well, they can do it. Why, why are you, why would I go worship the God you're talking about? And I think that that happens a lot in the world around us too. Like you're saying the, you know, Satan's out there. Right, yeah, you know, run of the world. He's the prince, right? He's the, the the prince of the prince of the world for his time right now. But he he's got people duped and saying this stuff just happens. Don't forget, don't worry about that God guy. Uh, th- this stuff just just happens a- anytime. Yeah, yeah. And when you're just looking at the world and you don't have God, it's easy to think that that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, people winning the lottery, things like that. You know, oh, I just got lucky. You know, just right. pick the right numbers. You know, one in a 10 million chance of, of <laughs> right that. god's in everything he's yeah. got everything worked out even whether you believe in him or not and i can say that confidently because i spent so long not believing <laughs> right or not following i should say i've always believed in something mm-hmm. but i didn't know what right but now that i know the truth then i can look and i can see you know my eyes have been opened right i can look and see mm-hmm. well, there's no way that was coincidence yeah god's hand was all over that but it's the ones that don't believe who are still blind. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's, you know, you can find an explanation for anything you want. You can come up with a reason why things happen, right? That's, we have the internet. There's an answer for everything. That's right. <laughs> if you if you want to find somebody who agrees with you, you'll find them. Like, mm-hmm. they're out there. Um, as wackadoodle and crazy as it may be, somebody else out there thinks is thinking the same thing. And but, they've published it, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of what we're dealing with, with Pharaoh here. And that's, so that, that scene right there is where we're going to leave it off. Um, if Pharaoh's kind of reject, he's rejected Moses, he's rejected God at this point. And it's, it's about to get, it's about to get a little crazy in Egypt. Yeah. It's about to get ugly is what it's about to get. Yeah. Yeah. No uh, kidding. So y'all, y'all that, uh, if you're listening to this and you're not sure what side of the fence to be on. <laughs> pay attention because i think god still does some of this stuff today maybe not on that scale and like we said in job you know what have you done wrong to deserve this it's not that kind of thing mm-hmm. but god is somehow some way trying to get your attention yeah and we don't want you to get to hit rock bottom before he gets your attention right yeah so absolutely well obviously we're talking a lot about god um because that's what we do um but uh <laughs> God is, this is the first time we're really talking about him this much with just this much dialogue between him and somebody else. So we know God is Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. One and the same. So how could this possibly point to 
Jesus himself is he's already on the scene. Mm-hmm. So interestingly, we see this dialogue with God and it's actually God's words that point straight to Jesus. And we see a really cool connection there. So um, remember I, I said that he calls himself, I am who I am or the great I am um, Yahweh. Well, God gives that name to Moses and that's his evidence for the Israelites of, of who sent him. Well, and John eight fifty six through 58, um, Jesus says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. The Jews replied, You aren't 50 years old yet, and you've seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, I don't know that Jesus claimed the name Yahweh in that moment, but he made a very clear, bold statement. He said, I've been around since the beginning. I've always been here and I'm going to be around until the end. I, I am, I just am. I'm not, there is no past, present, future with Jesus. He just is, he, he just exists. And so Jesus claim here is the same one that God made to Moses. Um, he always was, always is, always will be. And that's one of the great truths about Jesus that, that we can hold on to. And it's, and it's kind of hard to grasp sometimes. And I, and, and I, I fully embrace that and admit that because Jesus had a lifespan, right? He was born, he died. That was the turn of the calendar, right? Was his birth. That was AD zero was when he was born. So, so he's got a definite lifespan, right? We've got it on the calendar, but, but we see evidence throughout the old Testament and throughout the new Testament that he was there in the middle of it. And then obviously he's still around today. He rose again from the tomb and he's still around today. And so this is, this is one of those clear moments where we see a connection between what God is telling Moses and the Israelites and what Jesus taught. Um, and one of the coolest things about it is that um, because he is there throughout the whole story, he is also the same throughout the whole story. And Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so while the world changes around us and circumstances change and all of that, Jesus is that steady goalpost. And, you know, while, while things get crazy and, and how we apply Jesus teachings and all that stuff changes with the changing world around us, the teachings, the same, what his call in our lives is, is exactly the same. And I love that he didn't say true. I tell you before Abraham was, I was. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't say that. He's, he's like, yeah. I mean, that's oversimplifying it, but he didn't say I was, he says right. I am, which spans all of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a great truth that, that he's that he's always been there. He's always been there in the mix of it. And one of, like I said, one of the more complicated things to um, <laughs> to discuss and explain about Jesus. But um, but one of the really cool things that we've got as part of our faith, right? It's uh, that that's part of the faith aspect of Christianity is that belief. So I've been trying really hard not to say it this whole episode, but it's all kind of wibbly wobbly, timey wibbly <laughs> stuff. <laughs> You sci-fi nerds will get that <sighs> later. Uh, um, so with all of this happening to Moses, it's hard to even imagine. You know, we talk about the um, everything that's going on in the rest of the world. But when yeah. you start thinking about this stuff, you've got God literally talking out of a bush that's burning but not right, not being consumed yeah. by the fire. Why do we care what else is going on in the rest of the world? <laughs> <laughs> because that's happening over there. But... Nobody except who was there in mm-hmm. Bible times or in in that area mm-hmm. who heard about it at that time knew it was going on. Yeah. So all the other people were working, doing other stuff. Yeah. While this absolute miracle is happening. 
Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of the interesting things. And one of the reasons I'm glad we, we talk about how all this plugs into history, because we look at, people look at the Bible as a religious text a lot of times. And it is, I, I, you know, it, it is God's story, right? But I think it's discounted as, oh, well, it may not be totally true because it's religion. And really the, the Bible is the, is how the Israelites captured their history, right? Especially mm-hmm. the Old Testament, right? That's how they captured God's story through the nation of Israel. And so um, we look at, you know, the the hieroglyphs and all that stuff from everywhere else. And we say, oh, man, look at this cool thing. But the, the text of the Bible is the Israelites' story. Um, that is their history. And so, you know, one, one of the things that we know about um, that happened around this time. So we mentioned, I think a, a few episodes ago when we were talking about Joseph, the, uh, the Tang Shang dynasty in China was active at this time. Well, one of the things they did around the time of Moses, we believe was, uh, they were big into astronomy. So I want to clarify the difference in astronomy and astrology. So astrology is when you get into all of the, the zodiac signs, all that stuff. So we're not talking about that. I'm talking about true astronomy, which is the study of the stars and the planets and all that stuff. These guys were crazy, crazy accurate for their time. One of the cool things that I, that I read about and getting ready for this is that so they use self-made, self-defined instruments um, to help measure time and essentially calculate how long um, rotations around the earth were and that kind of stuff. Would you believe that they proposed roughly 365 days were required to make it around the sun? Thinking about the lack of technology they had then, they actually, if you go down to the decimal places that they calculated it to, they were within less than a minute of the same calculations we have today. Wow. Way before we had, you know, Google to tell us how long a <laughs> year takes. But it, but it's crazy to think that the Chinese astronomy was that far advanced. So they were able to do that with just with man-made instruments. So it's one of the kind of one of the highlights of things that were going on around the world as astronomy has really taken off. Hey, Google, how long does it take to get around the sun? Here's what I understood from the website nasa.gov. So it takes 365 days for Earth to go around the sun. The Chinese were more accurate than that back then. Yeah. Yeah. Down <laughs> to the decimal point. All I get is 365. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, fun little factoid. <laughs> uh, well, that is going to do it for this time around. This has been really interesting. Uh, I love diving into this stuff and kind of trying to get behind the emotions of it all and, and you know, yeah. what people possibly be thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's ironic because I hate speculating. I really do. I want to know the details <laughs> and I want to know what's happening. But all we can know is what we study That's right. with this, right? And the rest is up to God. So it's all around, based around faith. So it's just it's just so interesting to me. Speaking of astronomy, though, <laughs> did you catch Jupiter the other night? I did not. Did you? I did. Awesome. I did. Pulled out the telescope. We got a little consumer, you mm-hmm. know, telescope. Let the kids check it out. I got this. I could see some of the stripes, some of the nice. some of the lines. Did um, you see the big spot they were talking about? I couldn't see the spot. Okay. It wasn't that okay. good. I could just see a very faint set of the the. The lines, I guess, that yeah. go across it. Um, nice. And, uh, of course, the the light from the, what, I guess, three moons. Uh, yeah, Three yeah. of the moons. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really bright. Um, so it was really cool. And the kids got to experience that. That's awesome. And it won't happen again for another hundred years, apparently. <laughs> well, that'll be after we're gone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and the kids. So I'm glad they got to see it now. Yeah. So, anyway, y'all have a great week. Um, next week, we're going to talk about the plague that God actually does bring to Egypt. Uh, and that's going to be in Exodus 7 through 10. If you want to read up on that before we get going on it. It's going to be a really interesting story. And, and uh, 
we're going to see how, well, I'll let you find out. Uh, no spoilers here. So, That's Matt, right. get us out of here. All right. Thank you guys for joining us again this week. You will be able to find this and all of our other episodes on our website at www.simplifyjesus.com. Uh, be sure to check that out. Keep up with the latest that we're doing at Simplify Jesus. Also, be sure to check us out on social media. We like to hang out on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us in both of those spots with the name at Simplify Jesus. Uh, we've got a few other spots if you see us hanging around, but Facebook and Twitter, that's where you can uh, interact with us more. Like, share. And again, that's where you'll find the latest from Simplified Jesus. If you ever have any comments or questions, we'd love to get feedback from you. Shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com. We would love to talk to you more about what we're doing in our podcast, what other stuff we got going on. Uh, be sure to send us a note there. And with that, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Take care, everybody.